Dash podcast with Pastor Rick Hill, Senior Pastor of Grace Community Church in Rawls, New Mexico. I'm Marie Manning. What an honor it is to have you join us today. Our goal at Living Your Dash is to better help you connect the dots of discipleship so that you can find and fulfill God's purpose for your life. Let's join Rick and Sean with this week's podcast. Thanks, Marie, for that great intro, and thank you, dear listener, for joining us again today. Now, um, Rick, another great message on the parables. I mean, this time it was focusing on something that, as disciples, it's really the core of our relationship with God, and that's prayer. You know, Sean, this is amazing. Speaking of prayer, uh-huh. I opened up my our daily bread, our, the daily devotional this morning, right? And and it's on prayer. But I love this because it's entitled "No Misunderstanding." Hmm. And, and uh, here, here's what the writer says: Alexa, Siri, and other voice assistants embedded in smart devices in our homes occasionally misunderstand what we're saying. And Sean, I've got to tell you, that's happened with mine <laughs> several times. They, you know, you oh, you get, have one. Oh, yeah. But, oh, yeah. And they just send, <laughs> you know, you get crazy messages. Well, back to the reading. Here's some <laughs> examples of misunderstanding. A six-year-old talked to her family's new device about cookies and a dollhouse. Later, her mom received an email saying that an order of seven pounds of cookies and a $170 dollhouse were on their way to their home. Oh, no. (laughs) Here's another one. Even a talking parrot in London, whose owner had never bought anything online, somehow ordered a package of golden gift boxes without her knowledge. Oh, my goodness. A parrot. You want one more? I love this one. One person asked their device to, quote, turn on the living room lights. And it replied, there is no pudding room. <laughs> but here, here's the application in Our Lady Bread. I love this. In prayer, there's no such misunderstanding on God's part when mm. we talk to him. He's never confused because he knows our hearts better than we do. Wow. Wow. You know, sometimes I think prayer is such a, a mystery uh, because it's... it's um, God is God, and so he. And if we can, we can think. Well, of course, he's going to understand what we want or what we need. But even still, we're we're like microbes trying to trying to communicate with the Almighty, and uh, and it, it it's almost doesn't make sense. So it's a powerful thing that Jesus would give us these promises, and he would tell us these, these expectations that God has. Yeah. So. It's amazing, and, and maybe we can, uh, in our discussion today, really unwrap some of the mysteries of prayer and, and make it uh, simpler for folks. Right, right. So, now, in, in your message on the parables, you gave three important commands for us to follow. Uh, now, can you, can you touch on those once again? Yeah, in the, in the parable, it was all about... How do you approach God? How do you make the connection with God? Right. Not only in prayer, but in your relationship with Him. Mm-hmm. And it was all about approaching God. We talked about three things. You know, it was the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. Yes. Uh, in the temple, and they were praying. Mm-hmm. And it had to do with approaching with the right stance. And that was a heart posture. Uh-huh. You know, because very often physical posture says something about our our 
heart posture or right. our heart stance and having the having the right humility. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second was subject, have the right subject. Uh, is the subject of your prayer God or is it me, me, me? Right. And the third, very important, was standard. The right standard of comparison. Do you compare yourself with others and come out looking really good? Yeah. Or do you compare yourself to God like the tax collector did in the story and come out exposed as a sinner in need of God's grace. Yes, yes, fantastic message. This is, of course, my time to always remind people that if you haven't listened to the message, you need to go to rosalgrace.com forward slash watch and make sure that you catch this message. I, I love I love the, the one phrase that, that you said, when the Pharisee compared himself with the tax collector, he felt what? He, yeah, he felt better. He, he felt better about yeah, himself. You know, yeah, he he wanted to compare himself with, you know, thieves and evildoers and adulterers. Yeah, making himself look good. But the tax collector said, "God, when I when I compare myself to you, I realize how far short right. I have fallen." Beating his his yeah, chest, beating his breast. Yes, yes. So now, Rick, I usually ask questions about the message itself, but today, I, I, I'd like to ask some questions that are closely aligned, but but they're different. So I, I know that the intention of our Lord was to show what attitude uh, would connect and, and what would not, uh, clearly not the Pharisee. But assuming our posture uh, and the subject and, and our stance, our, our standard, um, that they're aligned, how do we know that our prayers will be answered? You know, the, the simple answer is because God said they would. Wow. And it's a promise of God. Uh, Jesus is very clear in so much of his teaching in the Gospels that if you pray, God will hear and God will answer. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, the challenge is we want God to always answer yes. <laughs> and, right. And we not only that, we want one step below that, we want him to answer yes in the way we want him and in our timing. Yeah. And the promise is God will answer your prayers. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes uh, not now. Yeah. Uh, wait. But Sean, how many times have we prayed a prayer and God said no, and we got all huffy about it and disappointed and angry at God, and then five years later look back on that prayer and we're thinking, Thank God he said no. Yeah. Oh yeah. my goodness, that was a horrible thing to pray. I look back now with the 2020 hindsight and I'm glad uh, that that God said no at that time. I've got numerous <laughs> examples in my own life of where uh, where I'm I'm so glad that God either said not now or no not at all. And it gets to back to what Jesus would say very often when he said Ask anything in my name, mm-hmm. or and according to God's will, mm-hmm. and uh, I will answer. Yeah. So, it's it's not a uh, we're not given a magic wand when we become Christians. We don't get a prayer wand that we can wave and get what we want. It's yeah. not a magic genie, but as as we become disciples of Christ, we want the will of God in our lives, and yeah. so it is very important that in our prayers we're saying God. Here's the desire of my heart, but I submit that under your will. I want your will more than my will. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of wonder, and, and I think that um, 
do you think that the, the, the listeners understood that? That when God says, says I'm going to say yes, and it's, it's for a good reason. And, but when I say no, it's also for a very good reason. Yeah, it takes faith. Yeah. That's where, you know, when the Apostle Paul said, God works in all things for good. That even includes our prayer. In fact, it's interesting in that Romans 8, 28, when you read the paragraph just above it, it's about prayer. Yeah. And how we don't know how to pray and the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. Yeah. When we don't know what to pray, don't know how to pray. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, sometimes we, we don't pray wisely. We yeah. pray <laughs> selfishly. Yeah. And we want the Holy Spirit to intervene. Yeah. And uh, and and redirect our prayers. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I imagine sometimes. Uh, I remember someone w- once said that you know God is not Santa Claus. He's not going to just give you whatever you you want. Otherwise, the world would be filled with ponies and and bicycles. <laughs> yeah. And so we we can't have that. And yeah. so God knows what we need. But um, shall I still run into Christians on a regular basis who. Think of prayer like a vending machine. Mm-hmm. You know, you uh, walk up to the vending machine called uh, prayer. Yeah. You put in your prayer and you pull the crank and out comes the answer that you want. God is not a vending machine. Right. Uh, he's a person. Yes. And because of that, he wants a relationship. So he doesn't want a mechanical, put the money in, pull the crank, get your toy. Uh, <laughs> he wants a relationship with yeah. us. And that, that means give and take. And Sean, you know, in any relationships, because there is a relationship, there's going to be yes and there's going to be no. Yeah. How about your marriage? I know mine. That's right. There's going to be yes, there's going to be no. Yeah. And that's what relationships are all about. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Uh, you know, as, as, as I was thinking about how uh, sometimes we like to, we like to think of, of either tricks or tips <laughs> in our in our relationship with God, and 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 it's totally selfish in that way. For instance, when I was was growing up, I noticed that there were a lot of people who would end their they would close their prayers in Jesus' name, and I thought, oh, that's the magic trick. Sure, right that's, there, that's the waving the magic wand yeah, in Jesus' name. Yeah, yeah. Focus, and, focus. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, it, it it occurred to me later on. It wasn't too long after that I thought, no, that's not right either. <laughs> but yet I still catch myself, oh, did I say that at the end? And, uh, and, and really, when we say, let us pray in Jesus' name, what, what are we saying? Yeah, when, especially when you look at uh, what the Bible teaches when you do anything in the name of. It means in the character of. Yeah. Think of that, in the character of. So when I pray in Jesus' name, I'm saying, and I want my prayer to be in the character of Jesus. Yeah. In other words, if Jesus were in this situation, what would his character be? So if I get mad at my next door neighbor and say, God, I want you to burn his house down in Jesus' name. <laughs> That's not going to work. Yeah. Because it's not in the care. Would Jesus burn the neighbor's house down? No. Yeah. No. Jesus would already say, Hey, you got to love your enemies and forgive those who persecute you. Ooh. So praying in the character is what it means to pray in the name. All right. All right. Now, Rick, I know that a lot of people are interested in prayer. Uh, like, you know, when, when we need something or when we're in a desperate situation or 
really quite serious things. When, when we have an emergency, when we find out that we're, we have a death, deathly illness or affliction, uh, or when we're seeking wisdom about uh, our decisions. Um, you know, like, I, I don't believe that there's, like we just discussed, there's, there's not a trick to seeking God's answers and provisions. Do you mind if we look at a passage in Matthew uh, chapter 6? And, and could you make a few comments on those? Oh, I love that passage. It's, um, it's right in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew's mm-hmm. 5, 6, and 7 is the Sermon on the Mount. Right in the middle in chapter 6 is a very interesting discussion and it all has to do with with outward and inward. Yeah. And the whole passage begins in chapter 6, verse 1, with, with these words. Jesus says, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. Now, there's the key. You know, what's your motive? Is it to be seen by them? If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Then he goes on, Sean, and he, he gives three examples of how you need to practice your acts of righteousness, not to be seen by men, but really to be seen by God because they're directed to God. And he talks about giving, and he talks about praying, and he talks about fasting. Mm -hmm. And when you read all of those, Jesus actually uses the same simple format in all three discussions. It's almost like a three-point sermon. (laughs) And it basically says... When you give, when you pray, when you fast, don't do it to be seen by people. Don't yeah. show off. That's not your motive. No, no, uh, do it in secret. You know, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Go into your prayer closet. Yeah. Uh, if you're fasting, you know, go ahead and comb your hair. Don't go around looking like, oh, I'm, har- I'm starving to death. Um, <laughs> because he says, if you do it to be seen by men, then you get your reward. Guess what the reward is? Applause. You get the applause of men. Yeah. But if you do it for God, then it says, God who sees in secret will reward you. Yeah. Very, very different. So what is your motive? Yeah. Uh, maybe a better question, who is your audience? Yeah. People or God? Wow. You know, when, when, when I thought, the reason why I thought about this passage was I thought it was very familiar with the, the parable itself. You have this Pharisee, Jesus telling the story of the Pharisee, who it, it really is all about him. And you mentioned it in your sermon that, that his prayer really was more about him than anybody else. Yeah, you can actually, there's a, a different translations uh, on that one phrase where it talks about the Pharisee. Uh, it said he went into the temple and he stood, and one translation is, and he stood praying to himself. Oh, yeah. Another one is he stood praying about himself. Right. And he did. He prayed, oh, look at me, God, I do this, I do this. I'm not like everybody else. I'm so much better. It was all about him. Oh, my goodness. All right. So then he goes on. um, And go ahead and read that part, too. um, About, uh, or did you already talk about that? (laughs) Well, Well, on the prayer, he says, Jesus, and when you pray... Do not be like the hypocrites. Right. That would be the Pharisee in the yeah. parable. For they love to be, they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, here it is, who sees what is done in secret, 
will reward you. What is it about this this aspect of, of, of the unseen, of doing it in secret? Is, is, it, is that the trick? I mean, is that what Jesus is saying is the trick to getting what I want? Yeah. I don't think it's the trick. No. I don't think it's the trick. No. you got to quit using the word trick. Okay, okay, I'll stop. <laughs> it, it just drives home that God cares about the heart. Yeah. The motives of our heart are so important. And so when we pray, God looks down upon us and it just says, okay, what's his heart stance today? Yeah. What are the motives of his heart? Um you see, praying this big flowery prayer to impress people in the congregation, mm. or is he really praying to me and let others listen in on a Sunday morning? Yeah, I, I have found for myself that the the times that I have felt closest to God were definitely in times of, of desperate need, and I was by myself. I didn't need to find a closet mm-hmm. to go hide in, or 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 to to find seclusion. It really was not about anything else. It was about seeking him, seeking an answer from him. And I found that wonderful, and and I remember you or somebody else talking about how it really is about the idea of fellowship, of fellowship and communing with the Holy One, which is, on the one hand, it seems that's a ridiculous idea. How can yeah. how can a man how can man or a woman how can a man or a woman uh, on this little spinning ball of dirt with some water on it think that we can commune with the Creator of the universe and yet to from what the Lord Jesus is saying it's precious to Him absolutely and have you ever you know you mentioned being in desperate times have you ever noticed when you're really desperate and it's just you and God and you're Pouring out your heart to God. Yeah. Have you ever noticed that you really don't worry about flowery words, <laughs> phrasing things just perfect? Have you ever noticed that? Yeah. Uh, it just comes out natural. Yeah. If there's any word that I would use to describe the desire God has of us in prayer, it's just natural. Mm. He wants Sean Lee to be Sean Lee. Yeah. And just be yourself. And later in that very passage, you know, what does Jesus say? Um, and when you pray, do not keep on babbling yeah. like pagans. Mm-hmm. And for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Yeah. They think, you know, bigger words, longer words, longer prayers. The longer the prayer, the more effective. Um, you know, when you look at Scripture, there's some prayers like in the parable, God have mercy on me, a sinner. Yeah. That was the prayer that God answered in the parable. Yeah. God have mercy on me, a sinner. That's pretty simple. Yeah. No flowery words. God have mercy on me, a sinner. In, in my mind's eye, of course, I'm using my imagination, and this is not scripture. I know that. I know that. But I imagine if someone is beating their chest, it's like they're having, and I've, I've done this. I, I, I know you have. You, the words just aren't coming, and you're just, you're literally crying. And you can't do anything else except just stammer out something. And for him, it was, God, forgive me. I'm just such a sinner. Yeah. I, I can't even dare to even ask you anything. And there, we're right back to the Romans 8. When we don't know what to pray, yeah. when the words just aren't there, guess what? God sees our heart, and he actually hears our heart even when we have no words 
to verbalize. Yeah. I can't even wrap my brain around that. Yeah. But God has that kind of insight into the human heart. Is it is it in Hebrews 4 where it talks about how we he encourages us. He says, "Go confidently." Is it, is it in Hebrews 4 or yeah, I believe it is. Yeah. Uh, where he says, "Go confidently before him because that's where you can find grace and help in time of need." Yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, it's a what a a beautiful promise. Um, you know, I remember uh, getting my first uh, PET scan and uh, where they would have to find out what was going on. They knew that there was cancer, but they, they had to find out precisely where it was. And it, I was cold <laughs> yeah. and I was scared. And, uh, and I remember just, I, I, I couldn't even come up with the words. I was asking I was just trying to, I thought, I've learned all this scripture and I can't think of one thing. And all I could think of was, help me, Jesus. Yeah. And I I remember feeling as if he were right next to me, whispering, it's going to be okay. Mm. God answered the prayer. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a a beautiful, beautiful moment. All right. So then then the Lord Jesus, I mean, he told us, don't don't be, and and all, all I can think of is that, this, you're looking for religion, and he's not interested in that. He's interested in the relationship. Mm-hmm. So Jesus says, here's, here's how to develop the relationship, and he gives us the prayer, the beautiful prayer, the, what we call the Lord's Prayer. Can you talk about that with us? I, I was thinking back, Sean, as I thought about the, uh, just reading through Matthew 6, and that's where the Lord's Prayer is given. A couple of things dawned on me. I, I challenge people to do a little math. Okay, and it's real easy math, so even mm. I can do it. Even a pastor can do this math. <laughs> Go take the Lord's Prayer. I'm not going to do the work for you. Everybody has to do their own. Go take the Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6, and go through and count how many monosyllable words there are. One syllable, okay, Ooh. like our, okay, Father is two, uh-huh. who art in Go through and count how many monosyllable words there are, yeah, and then total that. Then go back and add how many two-syllable words there are, and then go back and see how many three-syllable words there are. And I'll give you a hint. What? Watch the descending order. <laughs> what? What is wow. impressive is they say Jesus teach us how to pray. Yeah. How to pray. And Jesus says, this then is how you should pray. Now, nothing wrong with reciting the Lord's Prayer, but it's not doing what Jesus said. Right. He he doesn't say, here's what to pray, word for word. He's saying, no, no, here's how you pray. Here's how you do it. And it's the KISS method. Keep it simple saints. (laughs) Uh, Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. You don't go babbling. (laughs) Notice it's a short prayer. It takes a few seconds to pray this prayer. Yeah. It's very simple. A child can yeah. pray this prayer. Yeah. I mean, no, seriously, a kindergartner can pray this prayer. The words are that simple. Yeah. What is Jesus saying? Quit showing off. Yeah. Quit thinking that God will be heard because of your many words and your long words. Um, it, it's not a magic formula. Uh, just keep it simple. Yeah. But yeah, Sean, uh, now can I answer your question? I'm sorry I got off No, there. no, no. This is... <laughs> but we, in one of our discovery classes uh, where we talk about uh, 
maturity, spiritual growth, we talk about prayer. Uh -huh. Prayer is one of the four spiritual habits we teach in class 201, Discovering Maturity. Mm -hmm. And we have a section there and we give a real simple seven point analogy or summary of the Lord's Prayer. And here it is. Uh, talk about simple. And each word starts with a P. Makes it easy to remember. Hmm. Praise, our Father who art in heaven. Purpose, your kingdom on earth, not my will be done. Hmm. Provision, give us today our daily bread. Pardon, forgive us our debts. People, forgive our debtors. Protection, lead us not into temptation. And then ends the way you begin. Praise, for yours is the kingdom. Ah, How simple is that? Yeah. It moves from praise, purpose, provision, pardon, people, protection, <laughs> back around to praise. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, I just have a, a question, though, because I, I think that, uh, I, and I remember using that. I remember a message very early on when I was a teenager, and and and... Thankfully, that, that's when I heard what you just described. It was not meant to be prayed in a rote fashion. There's nothing wrong with doing that, yeah. but it is better to use it as a pattern. Um, but I'm just kind of curious. How do we know when we've prayed enough? Let, let me give you the simple answer to that. And it really goes back to my simple definition of prayer. Uh -huh. My definition of prayer is, are you ready for this? Okay. Talking with God. <laughs> talking with God. Now, I didn't say talking to God. Yeah. There's a difference. If I'm talking to you, Sean, you're just listening and I'm doing all the talking. Mm -hmm. Talking with you, there's going to be a conversation. There's a dialogue. I believe prayer is talking with God. It's, it's verbalizing what's on your heart, but it's also taking time to listen to be quiet before the Lord. Mm. Let him speak to you and let him speak to your heart as well. So to answer your question, how do we know when we prayed enough? Here's my simple answer in, in the form of a question. Have I talked with God? Uh -huh. If I have talked with God, yeah. then I've prayed enough. Yeah. I've prayed enough. Yeah. Now one thing I do, and it, I pass this on to people when they ask about prayer, I encourage people, I call it leave the line open all day. <laughs> Uh, you know, if you pray in the morning, don't say, in Jesus' name, amen. Yeah. We'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> it's like like you're on the phone and you don't hang it up. Yeah. You just set the receiver down and you say, hey, we'll talk later. Yeah. And then through the day, you just have this dialogue with God where he's speaking to you, maybe from scripture. Yeah. Maybe just speaking to your heart, maybe through circumstances around. But you're just, you're listening and you're talking. You're listening and you're talking. And when you do that, you you will get to the end of your day and you say, have I prayed today? Mm. Well, you don't reflect back, oh yeah, I, I prayed 12 minutes between 8 and 8.12 this morning. No, you say, <laughs> have I talked with God today? Yeah. Yeah, all day. All yeah. day. All day I've had this running dialogue with God. That's what prayer, I believe, is all about. Yeah, I remember... Um, I was taking a spiritual disciplines class in, in college, and, and that, that was one of the questions. And he said the exact same thing that you did. And he said, you know you've prayed when you've met with the Lord. And we all kind of looked at him with a blank look on our face, and, and, he, and, he, and he understood. He says, I know that that may confuse some of you. 
He said, but until your heart has been touched by the Lord, until your heart has been given over to the Lord, and you believe that, and you felt it, you felt that God has touched your heart mm -hmm. over matter. And he says, it might come through uh, a bit of the word that you were reading that morning, he said, because God speaks through his word. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, you've read what you should have, or, or you know you've prayed when you should have, when you know, you walk away with confidence that you've found that mercy or that help in time of need. Uh, and so, mm. I, that's just wonderful. Oh, well said. So, um, you know, sometimes we get uh, caught up on, because people say, hey, can you pray for me? Can you pray for me? Can you? And, and we say, you know what, I, I really had to put that on my list. And, and we talk about prayer lists, and, mm -hmm. and I believe it's a, it's a wise and proper thing to do. But is it important to go through the list every time? How should we utilize a prayer list? Yeah, and that, I believe, gets back to the individual. Uh, everybody is different. Um, and I, uh, you, you say, how many people are on planet Earth? Seven billion. Well, there's probably seven billion ways to pray. <laughs> and find a way of prayer that works for you. Yeah. And uh, I have some dear friends, <clears throat> Sean, they have spiral notebooks with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of names. Yeah. And some of them try to get through the list every day. And, oh, my goodness. But some, the list is so large that... They say, okay, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll pray for three pages every day. And that works for them. Yeah. And so other, <clears throat> other people, it's maybe one page a day. Yeah. One page a day. Uh, whatever works for you. Again, always go back to the definition of prayer. Have I talked with God? Right. Have I talked with God? Now, part of that, and you bring this up with the prayer list, is intercession. Is wow. a part of my prayer isn't just about me, but it is praying for other people. Yeah. And uh, it, if, if people are like me, they're forgetful. So it helps me to write down names yeah. of people and I can just kind of go over that list and maybe every month edit. Yeah. Because if somebody's sick and you pray for them and they get well, you can take them off the list add somebody else. Yeah, yeah. And we have a, a, a wonderful thing. It, it used to be uh, you had to use, obviously, paper and pen or pencil and of course those are marvelous things and sometimes we forget about how what, what a beautiful thing that we have the technology to have real paper that that's stable and, and will last for a very very well longer than we will um, uh, and but we also have our cell phones and, absolutely yeah you know, we can use and that's what I do I, I put it down on a cell phone uh, and I don't I there is no way I could possibly go through it all in one day so uh, I, I appreciate you saying it depends on the person. So yeah. do with the, do whatever you feel like the conviction of God yeah. lays on your heart. If there's one thing Jesus is teaching us in the Sermon on the Mount in yeah. Matthew 6 when he's talking about prayer is uh, please, no formulas. Uh, yeah. don't, don't try to imitate someone else. It comes across fake and stiff. Yeah. Just be yourself and talk with God. Yeah. In fact, I can go the other way, and I, I, I feel guilty for this. The, the conviction's on me about this. I remember having, taking quite a bit of pride in my little prayer record, and because uh, I had it on, indexed on cards and using different colored pens and things like that, and I didn't realize that I had suddenly become the guy in the parable. <laughs> It isn't pride subtle. Oh, yeah. man. And pretty soon, I thank you, God, that I have 
a Rolodex prayer. Okay. I thank you, God, that <laughs> I'm not like people who don't have, blah, you know. Yeah, and, and the flowery language. Go. I don't want to talk about me anymore. It's okay. so subtle. <laughs> Rick, thanks so much. You know, just another great message from the parables. Now we've come to the time that we've been all been waiting for, and that is Rick's Quote of the Week. Okay, well, so Rick, what slice of sage sayings are you going to supply for us today? Well, since we're talking about humility, yeah. I thought I would pull out the great C.S. Lewis quote about humility, and the great insight here, C.S. Lewis says, humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. Oh, okay. Not thinking less of yourself, no, yeah. no you're, you're of great value and worth to God. It simply means during the day, uh, don't think of yourself so much, just a little bit less. Yeah, yeah. And think of other people as well. Oh, excellent quote. As you know, I am a great, great lover of, of C.S. Lewis. Okay, well, anything else that we should know about? We're excited this Sunday at Grace. We're doing our small group fair. It's a lot of fun. Woo! We set up tables out on the patio and a lot of fun and some contests are going on. But it helps us to um, just kind of share with people the importance of small groups here uh, coming up in less than a month, we're doing our fall campaign, Miracle of Mercy. Uh -huh. A major component of that uh, campaign and that Bible study is small groups. So we're wanting to get people plugged in to small groups. I have some new small groups, hopefully, that will be starting. So that's this Sunday. And then, Sean, you and I are very excited. We uh, get to teach Sunday evening, Class 101, Discovering Membership. So if people want to know the vision, the values of our church, this Sunday night is the time to come and check us out. Fantastic. So if I could piggyback too. So we're, as you know, on, on October 17th, that, that's, our, that's when we're kicking um, uh, Miracle of Mercy off, right? Absolutely. So Absolutely. we're piggybacking on that. We want to try to make that uh, our Back to Church Sunday. So uh, if you're listening and it's been a while, come on back. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna have a great big party. Yeah, and if you've ever, patio. you know, if you've ever come in in the middle of a series, you kind of feel like you've missed something. Yeah. If you come in on that date, October 17th, it's day one of the campaign, day one of this emphasis in small groups, and you're going to learn all about how merciful God is to us and how we then can be merciful to others. It's going to be a terrific time. Rick, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for spending time with us today. We hope that you've been encouraged and better informed. We love to get feedback, so send us an email with your comments and suggestions to info at roswellgrace.com. If you like what we're doing here at Living Your Dash, please hit the subscribe button, leave us a review on your platform, and share this with your friends. For more information about Grace Community Church, please point your browser to roswellgrace.com. Until next time, I'm Marie, and this is Living Your Dash.